Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Attachments podcast. My name is Jessica De Silva and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and an attachment coach helping adults end their unhealthy dating patterns and create stronger, secure relationships. I created this podcast as a platform to answer your questions and dive deeper into different aspects of each attachment style. I also share personal insights and stories in order to help you make sense of what you are experiencing. So please listen with an open heart and an open mind. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to today's podcast episode on how each attachment style deals with breakups. So I'm going to keep this episode very short and sweet. Um, So we're just kind of, we're going to jump into the main points here. Um, So what's really cool about attachment theory is that it gives us a general idea of how we, right, depending on our attachment orientation, um, how we cope with relationship anxiety or the pain or the grief caused from a relationship. So if you have an anxious attachment style, generally speaking, breakups can feel very devastating. And that's because Anxious attachments tend to invest a lot of themselves into the person or the relationship. So when the relationship ends, right, a huge part of their identity also kind of dies in a sense. Um, And they're not really sure what to do with themselves at that point. Um, Anxious attachments also generally become very codependent when they're in relationships, which means that they don't only gain a lot of self-importance and self-worth and they, you know, a lot of validation from being needed by their partner, um, but they also heavily rely on their partner to meet most of their needs. So you can imagine, right, when that gets kind of taken away from you, um, it can feel very devastating as well. Um, So this kind of like over-involvement or enmeshment in another person is why it's really, really hard for anxious attachments to leave relationships, Um, even when the relationship is unhealthy because they've lost a lot of who they are in that union, in that space. Um, They lost a lot of their individuality in that other person. And often, you know, what I've noticed, um, not just in my own experience, but with the anxious attached clients I've worked with, is that they sometimes realize that they didn't know who they even were to begin with. Um, They never really had that opportunity to really know themselves or discover themselves in that way. That's why, you know, I love this healing work so much because it's it can be such an existential process right maybe not initially um but you find that it becomes such a beautiful process of discovering yourself and coming home to yourself and your truth very cool stuff um so so going back to the enmeshment piece right um when anxious attachments when they sense that the relationship is ending they'll say things like you know who am I without you? I'm nothing without you. You complete me, right? I need you. That's such a big one. I need you, but I need you. Um, and which really indicates that lack of differentiation or lack of separation between them and their partner. 
And as much as these phrases are very romanticized in movies and in books, um, those types of phrases would actually raise some some red flags for someone working in the mental health realm, okay? Especially if they're trained in attachment theory because we never want to feel powerless to something else. That's where things become problematic, okay? So anxious attachments often stay in unsatisfying or painful relationships because it feels safer than being alone that uncertainty that comes from you know leaving the relationship or being single for instance can feel very scary can feel very very scary this is also why anxious attachments tend to jump from one relationship to another or have kind of like a fling on the side um not only because they feel safer or more comfortable in relationships or they just want that kind of safety net, um, but they're also very dependent on their attachment figure to meet their needs. They get, well, they expect for their partner to meet their needs. They expect relationships to meet their needs. Um, They never learned how to properly meet their needs on their own. Um, often they were too busy meeting the needs of others. That's why they, they're, they're usually really good at meeting the needs of others, but not so great at meeting their own needs. And I just, again, wanted to, I know I mentioned this a lot in my podcasts, you know, it is very important for our partner to meet our needs. You know, usually 50 to 70%, our partners should meet 50 to 70%. Um, however, they can't meet 100% of our needs. That is an unrealistic expectation that often leads to a lot of disappointment, a lot of fighting to have that real, that um, that expectation of our partner to meet all of our needs. Um, so it really is important to learn to meet your own needs. Um, and I just wanted to say, you guys, right, like this experience that the anxious attachment style has, there is no shame in this, right? Your attachment style is not your fault. How you cope, how you relate, um, these were all things that you learned from your earlier attachment figures. But as I always say, you know, even though how you were raised wasn't your fault, it wasn't necessarily your fault, it is your responsibility now as an adult to change these ways of being if that's something you want to do, okay? So in conclusion, when anxious attachments experience anxiety that stems from a breakup, they can have a really hard time letting it go. They can have a really, really hard time letting it go, especially if it wasn't their choice. Um, The way they cope with their anxiety or grief is often by attempting to reestablish the connection in whatever whatever way they can. So this can look like calling or texting often, checking the social media accounts, making their ex jealous, right? Getting some extreme makeover, um, anything to get their partner's attention. It also looks like often thinking about their ex, right? Putting them on a pedestal only thinking about the good memories or their good qualities, listening to music or listening or, you know, looking at photos that elicit those familiar feelings that you guys kind of experience together, Um, fantasizing about them coming back to you or thinking that this was your your only chance for love, that you're never going to find a love like this again, okay? And essentially, you guys, these behaviors are all just activating strategies when your brain's attachment system 
senses some type of distance or some type of disconnection from your attachment figure, which is your partner, um, it naturally gets activated. Okay, it's alerted, it's a survival mechanism. So that's why you naturally feel compelled to seek closeness in whatever way you can because your brain thinks something's wrong. It legit thinks something is wrong and it wants to keep you safe. That's why we have to use logic in these scenarios to make better choices for ourselves. We have to talk ourselves through these situations to kind of soothe ourselves, to soothe our nervous system and remind ourselves that, hey, we're okay. We're okay. This is just the brain's natural response. This is science. This is the brain's natural response, right? I don't need to act on these impulses. I don't need to believe these thoughts. What, what makes more sense logically right now? Hello everybody, I just wanted to pop in here and invite you to my free online workshop, Four Steps to Kick Off Your Journey from an Anxious to a Secure Attachment Style. This 40 minute workshop will help you gain a deeper understanding of your anxious attachment style and the science to why it's 100% possible for you to become more secure. It's going to help you get clear on who your secure self is so that you can start making the shifts that you want to see in your life and in your relationships. And you're going to learn some simple yet powerful tools to begin embodying a secure attachment style immediately. So to claim your spot, visit the link in my show notes. And if you have a different attachment style, do not worry. This workshop will be available for you very soon. So stay tuned for updates. Now back to the episode. So as for dismissive avoidance, it's important to note that, you know, as detached or careless as they may appear, they are still human. They have a heart. They have emotions. The way they cope with their anxieties or grief is what separates them from, let's say, the anxious attachment style or the secure attachment style. So when dismissive avoidance experience pain from a breakup, they will often distract themselves with work or with hobbies, with travel, sports, toys, dating, different projects, space right? They distract themselves with space. Um, They deal with the anxiety with that space for themselves. Whatever they can do, you guys, to get their minds off of the breakup or the pain that they're experiencing. And often you find the same kind of coping uh, strategies within a relationship, okay? And again, this is nothing to feel shameful about. It was how, um, you know, you learn to manage and to take care of yourself when you were younger. It was a form of survival for you if you're dismissive avoidant and you're listening to this. Um, And therefore, it becomes habitual, right? It becomes a pattern. This becomes your coping strategy throughout your life. Um, So it's not that dismissive avoidance are careless or cold um, or that they never loved you. Um, They just have a different way of coping with the breakup and often those more detached ways of coping can appear very careless and cold um this is also where people get very confused with this term of narcissism right calling their partners 
narcissists because they have more of this careless or this cold approach to um, dealing with triggers, to dealing with uh, their challenges. Um, but narcissistic personality disorder is a whole diagnosis, you guys. So it's really, really important to make sure the kind of terms that we are placing on people because sometimes it's not a personality disorder, sometimes it's just a way of us coping to certain triggers and certain challenges, all right? So um, for dismissive avoidance, instead of feeling their feelings, they distract themselves from it, okay? They distance themselves from that reality, from that experience, which of course can be problematic in its own, right? It really does cause problems in relationships, um, especially if you're in a relationship with someone who has more anxious tendencies because uh, if you have more of that anxious attachment style, you want to resolve things in the moment, right? You really want to talk about things. Um, so someone who kind of distances themselves in order to soothe can feel very triggering um, and very upsetting for you. So this is also why, you know, you'll see avoidance sticking to the dating realm because it feels safer for them. The expectations and the responsibilities are lower than a more committed relationship. Um, dating also doesn't require too much emotional investment, which is where they feel the most vulnerable. So during a breakup, instead of distracting themselves or minimizing the situation or mentally checking out, it's important for dismissive avoidance to take some time to grieve and to feel and to process the breakup. This is why, you know, working with a therapist or a coach can be really, really helpful because if you don't know how to do this, you have someone who kind of guides you through this process. Um, fearful avoidance aka disorganized attachment styles don't usually have a consistent way of coping with breakups so because they have aspects of both anxious and avoidant tendencies they can fluctuate from one to the other hence the name disorganized attachment style right so they can go from using all the activating strategies such as calling and the texting and the checking the social media and the fantasizing about the ex or wishing they'd come back or pedestaling their ex making them jealous all the things all the things to quickly using deactivating strategies such as checking out shutting down those the random hookups the pretending they don't care, the distracting themselves, the distancing themselves, etc., etc., etc. So with me personally, having a fearful avoidant attachment, you know, leaning towards more of the anxious attachment for most of my life, breakups were really bad because of this more chaotic way of dealing with my pain and my anxiety. And I'm going to be totally honest here with you guys because I know we can all learn from these experiences and there's no shame in this. But when my needs, you know, in the past, in my early 20s, um, when they weren't getting met in my relationships, I cheated on my partner to get those needs met elsewhere um, or to just deal with whatever emotions I was experiencing. And obviously that never ended up well, right? I definitely burned those bridges. Um, also, you know, hooking up or, you know, dating people right after the breakup can feel like betrayal and can feel very devastating for the person, for the other person, right? So what I'm trying to say is that 
you know, these quick fixes or these more impulsive ways of responding to the grief or the pain that we're experiencing um, can sometimes cause a lot of harm, right? It can cause a lot of harm to the people involved. Um, That's why it's really important to become aware of our impulses and our reactions so that we can begin shifting them into perhaps more healthier ways of responding to those emotional experiences. Okay, so when we look at the secure attachment style, yes, the breakups are still painful. You're human. (laughs) Like secure attachment, just because you have a secure attachment style does not mean you're perfect and you don't experience any insecurity and you don't experience any pain. Like, yes, it hurts. Um, But how they cope to the pain, right? How they respond to the pain is what defines them as secure. And this is something, you guys, that we can all embody. We can all, all embody this. And in psychology, uh, psychology, they call it earned attachment style. They call it an earned attachment uh, style. So secure attachments have healthier ways of managing their emotions. Instead of impulsively reacting to what they're feeling, they can sit with those difficult emotions and they can evaluate them more carefully. Um, They know what their boundaries are and how to honor them, right? They also have respect for the boundaries of others. So don't expect them to be chasing after you or sleeping outside your doorstep if you, you know, told them to to leave, right? If you stated some type of boundary, they're often going to respect that. So be careful with what you say. Um, Secure attachments also won't go back to relationships if they know it wasn't healthy. Um, They have a good sense of self and they're comfortable with being alone. Secure attachments also don't heavily rely on the relationship to meet all their needs. They have a pretty good support system, and they're fine with getting their needs met elsewhere. They're also much more willing and open to seek therapy or to seek help, okay? Um, You'll also find that secure attachments don't jump right into dating or another relationship right after a breakup. Um, They do take some time to heal and to self-reflect and to process the grief, that they are experiencing. So when you're doing the work to cultivate a more secure attachment style, you're essentially just learning new skills, okay? You're just learning new skills. You're learning to regulate your emotions in a healthy way so that you don't impulsively act. You're learning to self-soothe. You're learning to identify your needs and learn other ways of meeting them. You're learning to build your sense of self, right? Your, your sense of individuality. Um, you're learning to set healthy boundaries, to practice loving yourself, having compassion for yourself. Um, these are all things we can learn so that we can handle life challenges with much more ease and grace. And if you need more assistance with this, you can check out my e-course or learn more about my 10-week one-on-one attachment coaching program via the links in my show notes. All right, you guys, thank you for listening. You got this. I 100% believe in you, okay? Sending you all the love as always, and I will catch you on the next episode.
Thank you so much for listening. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your positive ratings if you enjoy this episode and your encouraging comments. It truly, truly encourages me to keep on creating for you guys. And if you're ready to begin embodying your secure self, you can learn more about my digital course, My Secure Self Academy for the Anxious Attachment Style via my website, jessicadesilvacoaching.com or via the link in my show notes. I will catch you guys on the next episode.